Thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's Richard Risvet with the American Ag Network. I recently took a trip out to Pembina, North Dakota to experience and see some of the flooding that we have seen quite a bit of this year and talk with some of the folks out there about some of the challenges and some of the bright spots we saw and are going to see going forward for this growing season. I spoke with Madeline Smith with the NDSU Extension Center, and she gave us kind of a rundown of what she's seeing out there this year. Sure. Well, um, as I'm sure a lot of people are aware, we've had a lot of both overland flooding and and river flooding um, over the last few weeks up here. You know, we're a hardy bunch up here. We're used to some flooding. We have the Red River, the Pembina River, and we expect some of that every year. But this year, it's been a little bit uh, later for us. We had our, our first snow melt, which we all thought was going to be good, and it was nice and slow. But we had a quite a bit of snow through the winter and that when we had that first melt, it made conditions really wet and muddy, which was a problem for our livestock producers here. Um, They were getting into calving. And so we've had a lot of issues with respiratory problems just because of the the timing timing of that. Um, And now as we look ahead, we're two to three weeks behind on our planting schedule now because we're just so wet and the ground is saturated still in a lot of the county, especially on the north and the eastern side. So we're really looking for it to dry up. So the question then is, are, do we see people getting some seeds in the ground or are we still sitting by and waiting for all this water to disappear? So last week we, with the warmer weather, we had some of the, the areas that were a little drier. The guys weren't necessarily planting, but they were in working up the, the ground. So hopefully they'll get get some planting done. So I expect things are going to ramp up here in the next, you know, two, three days. Obviously, those that are still underwater, it's going to take quite a bit longer. You know, that water is kind of sitting out there because we're saturated and then we keep getting rainstorms. So that's going to take a little, you know, a little longer to to kind of dry out and get to a point where the ground is actually, you know, workable and the seabed can be prepared. So again, it really depends where you are in the county and what your, what your soil type is. But fingers crossed, you know, we're going to see some crop going in in the next few days. Of course, that begs the question, are we going to see some prevent plant this year? So I think, again, depending um, where folks are in the county and just how quickly things dry out, you know, those questions are certainly going to start coming about prevent plant. And I'm sure that there will be some out there who will kind of be looking into that that situation for themselves for certain fields and certain areas. Um, you know, I'm still kind of hopeful at this point that if we don't get too much rain, um, and things stay nice and warm like they have been that we're going we're going to get some field work going here in the next few days so we just kind of have to take it and see see how it comes and of course any time that we're late for planting a crop there's always a concern about you know are we going to be able to hit our, our yield targets so right now thinking about things like small grains you know spring wheat barley you know if we can get them in and going then you know oftentimes they'll catch up but we have such a short growing season that we don't want to be too much longer about it and there may be some other concerns that we may see moving forward as well so you know we were just talking a few of the, the producers and I the other day, one of the one of the concerns that we're thinking about, especially with the flooding, 
is movement of um, the weed seed bank, um, particularly things like water hemp from the kind of along the river edge there um, and having it moving to fields where we haven't typically had issues with water hemp. Um, and that goes for many of the other kind of weeds that are out there, you know, last year with it being so dry um, and poor canopy closure in many fields, we had a lot of issues with weeds coming up and, you know, guys had to make a calculation as to whether, you know, it was worth going and putting the inputs out to kind of control those. Um, and so in some areas, you know, that control probably wasn't as good as we would like to have seen. So that's one of the things that we need to be aware of this year and kind of keeping an eye on as things start to shoot because the weeds take off so rapidly. And for most of them, control is a lot better when the weeds are smaller. So being aware of what's out there, being able to ID them, because we may see things cropping up in places that we haven't before because they've been moved with the flood water. So. And some of these challenges don't pertain just to crops. Yeah. So, you know, the, the water and stuff that we've been talking about now has compounded some issues that we had brought on by the drought last year, especially for our live stock producers. So we, you know, we had pastures, some of which um, were more heavily grazed last year than we would like bec just because of the drought and the lack of availability, getting hay um, or additional feed and also the expense of that. Um, so we knew coming into this spring that we would you know, maybe need those pastures would need a little longer to, to kind of reestablish themselves. And now with the, the flooding, folks haven't been able to get their cattle out to pasture in a timely fashion. So again, that's compounded the issues of having to stay in, you know, muddy yards and things much longer than we would like. And also with you know, some of the snowstorms that we've had and things like that, you know, even guys who had been able to store feed away, you know, more feeds required to keep cows in good condition, especially through calving. And so, you know, those, those margins are getting tighter in terms of how long they can hang in there before they need to get cattle out to pasture. So that's something that we're going to just have to keep an eye on um, and try and help folks where we can in making some management decisions. We don't want to be too much longer about it. And of course, in the news, we see the uh, war that Russia is waging on Ukraine. How is that affecting uh, what we're looking at this year? So, you know, the, the situation with that is that, of course, you know, I also think sunflowers, but also um, wheat, because the Ukraine is, is a huge exporter of wheat. And so for us, that, that situation there has pushed commodity prices up for us. Um, so that's a positive that we're looking at at higher prices for what we're growing here, which will benefit the producers at a time where they really could do do with that extra cash flow because of the delays in shipping things like that that have been going on with COVID and other things you know some of our um, inputs are more expensive things like fertilizer and then looking at availability of some of our herbicide products you know are either difficult to get and more expensive when you can get get hold of them or just simply not available right now so those are the things that are kind of driving some of the decision-making and how how things pencil out on the farm. Well, that's a pretty good rundown of some of the challenges we are seeing. Now, are there some bright spots that we might see into this growing season? So I think if we, if, you know, if we can get crop in the ground, you know, this, this residual moisture that we've got will be really beneficial in getting that crop 
germinated and up um, and hopefully well established for later in the season, which we're aware may become somewhat drier like last year. You know, one of the things that I love about working here is the diversity of crops that we have in this area. And so that's also to our producers benefit because you haven't got all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. So, you know, making those decisions, you know, and being able to kind of adapt if you can in your rotation you know sometimes we're locked into decisions on rotations because of previous rotations chemical residues and things like that so sometimes you're limited on decisions but you know we have a lot of options where we are so i think those are all good things moving forward well those are some of our challenges and some of our bright spots madeline is there anything else you'd like uh, us and our producers to know i want to tell producers that you know, we recognize it's a very stressful time and that they're not alone in their struggle and to it's sometimes hard to reach out for help. But I and my colleagues at the FSA and NRCS, we're all here. Um, and so if you if you do have issues, just reach out to us and we'll try and get you connected with who you need to be connected with. Well, that's just a look at what I saw when I went out to Pembina, North Dakota, and all the uh, flooding and some of the challenges and some of the bright spots that we're going to be seeing coming up in this growing season. I want to thank Madeline Smith, the NDSU Extension Agent. She has a, she is a breadth of knowledge, and I really appreciate her sitting down with us. So until next time, for the American Ag Network, I'm Richard Risvet.